Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this special edition of the Failed Critics Podcast for Solo, a Star Wars story, the latest in the uh, Star Wars franchise under Disney. I'm Steve Norman. I'm joined, as I always am, for a Star Wars podcast by Paul Field. Good evening, chaps. And Dave Valentine. Good evening, chaps. Thank you for having me back. not a problem. Always a pleasure. Um, just to make it clear to everyone, when we get on to uh, reviewing the film, it will contain spoilers. We're just going to go straight in with a spoiler, uh, spoiler-filled spoiler review of the film, although we are going to start off with a traditional Star Wars quiz, um, which will be between me and Dave with Paul hosting um, proceedings. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is it... One all or two one because I know Steve, you absolutely smashed the last one. My but I do Star believe Wars Dave was second to none on that one. Dave, you've definitely won one though as well. I've you? won two. Paul, uh, oh, Steve, won, two. Steve won the last one. I think, oh, okay. So. I think mine and Dave's knowledge field seem to be quite different. If you were to ask me about characters and things, then I'm quite good. Dave seems to be quite good on like technical the, aspects of the films. The, the, the more, the more plots. sort of behind the scenes production yeah. side of it. Definitely, I noticed yeah. that. I, yeah, I've tried to sort of mix it up a bit, and we have. Uh, I also got you both to supply a question for each other and we've got a couple of listener questions in as well so uh, okay right let's let's crack on a nice uh, round one Steve do you want to go first or do you want to go second I am going to apply the pressure and go first okay first question then Steve name any actor other than obviously Harrison Ford who originally auditioned for the role of Han Solo Uh, Tom Selleck no. No? That was Indiana Jones, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Same, Dave, same thing. That's worth half a point. There are four on this list. So, Dave, I'm going to pass it over to you to get a bonus point. Uh, pretty sure Christopher Walken, if I remember. No. No? Oh. No. I thought you were going to get quite a few of these. Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone and Robert England. Robert England. Mmm. He's a good actor. All right. I'd have been interested to see Pacino and Kurt Russell do it. Yeah, you know, that's, that's why I like to do this because it's not just about the questions. You actually get to learn new Star Wars stuff. Um, this is a great one. Dave, Yes. you ready? Yes. In the Dark Horse comic, oh. Into the Unknown, oh. who discovers the remains of Han Solo after he's crashed on Earth? 
Um, he's, they're found by this person while he's hunting for Bigfoot, who turns out to be Chewbacca. Oh my God. Well, I don't do the comics, as you know, but my guess is, is it is it Indiana Jones? It is Indiana Jones. Oh, dear. <laughs> Point for you, Dave. Well done. Steve. Yes. What was the off-screen reason or for freezing Han in Carbonite? Um, they didn't know whether Harrison Ford would return for Return of the Jedi. So they had to find a way of getting him out of the series if he didn't come back. Correct. Well done. And Dave, this is a good one as well, actually. What was George Lucas's original design for Han Solo? Oh, he looked like him. He had a beard, didn't he? Is that what you mean? Or was he an alien? Because I've definitely seen a sketch of an early incarnation of Han Solo and it looks weirdly like late 70s George Lucas no I'm going to pass it across to Steve that's n- nothing like that at all only like a green pointy eared alien he was a green alien yes well done he had no nose and huge gills mm-hmm. so well done Steve you clawed it back so that was that was that was the uh, the Han Solo round and you got a, a point each there no no two Dave got one Steve's got two sorry um Okay, so I've been on eBay today to see what um, Star Wars people have been spending their money on. And um, it's a guess how much they spent round. So all I'll tell you is that the amounts get bigger as we go up. There are four of these. Um, Dave? Yep. A Lego Millennium Falcon Ultimate Collector's Edition. I don't think these have been out that long. Couldn't have been. um... How much for a Lego Millennium Falcon Ultimate Collector's Edition? Let's we say yeah, seventy-five quid. Seventy-five quid, um, Steve. Uh, Three hundred quid. Two thousand and fifty-six oh pounds. God. Jesus. Point for Steve. So, a nineteen seventy-seven Greedo Kenner action figure in its box. Steve, what do you reckon? Six thousand pounds sterling. Dave? Four thousand pounds. It was only it was uh, I tried I tricked you there. It was two thousand two hundred and eighty, it was only a little oh. bit more, so that's a point for Dave. Bib Fortuna in a red cape, original card back figure. What do you reckon, Steve? Four thousand pounds and fifty pence. Dave? <laughs> Three and a half grand. Steve, you were nearly bang on. It's £3,985. So well done. Another point for you. Um, Dave, how much for a life-size Chewbacca statue? word. (laughs) Um, Let's go... Should we go £9,000? What do you think, Steve? Is it anatomically correct? It's... uh, Pass. It is fucking massive. Because there's some weird perverts out there. (laughs) (laughs) Does it have three holes and realistic hair? Is if, it's got a, if it's got a full, <laughs> full-on Wookiee appendage, then I, uh, I reckon seven and a half thousand. Point for Dave. It's eleven thousand two hundred and seventy-five pounds. And people Jesus. are actually buying these things. These are these are sold, completed oh listings. Um, 
we've got a couple of uh, listener questions here, which are worth two points each. Um, Dave, uh-huh. would you like a question from Tony Black, or would you like a question from Upper Tier Steve? Oh, Upper Tier Steve. Okay. Which Dad's Army character is Daisy Ridley related to? Oh, that's Godfrey. Arnold Ridley, yeah. It is Godfrey and Arnold Ridley. Two points for you, uh, Dave. Well done. Thank you. Steve? That's a weird alternate universe, isn't it? Which is related to the character from Dad's Army and not the actor. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of the old Naboo governor in The Phantom Menace? Governor... uh, Oh... He's the old white guy with a rubbish beard and wizard yep. cloak, isn't he? That's the one. Um, Governor, I don't, I don't know. His name is Sio Bibble. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Tony sent that in because he wanted me to say Sio Bibble. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, no points there, Steve, unfortunately. But but thank you to uh, Steve and Tony for sending those in. Um Okay, this is a take it in turns on this one. So, Steve. Yes. These are just general Star Wars questions. Which animal was almost used to play Yoda? A uh, frog. <laughs> a frog. <laughs> no. Do you want to have a guess, Dave? I, I guess like a, a chimp. I'm just thinking something they might be able to train on the set, but I don't know. Yeah, a chimp. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get, it is a monkey. I'll give you the point for that. <laughs> Aren't chimps and uh, monkeys different? I know, but it's near mm. enough. Um, Dave, yeah. name either of the real languages used to make Ewok. Uh, um, oh, well, I'm going to go Vietnamese. Because weren't they kind of based on... <laughs> The, the Viet Cong. I know it's very dodgy ground. But... You are so close oh. yet wrong. <laughs> uh, Steve, do you want to have a guess? There's uh, two languages that were used to make Ewok. If he's close, then something like uh, Laos and um, what else is down that way? Cambodian? <laughs> it's Tibetan and Nepalese. Okay. So, no oh, points right. there. Um, Steve, your question. Who's banned from attending all official Star Wars events because George or George Lucas finds him annoying? Um, I, I don't know. William Shatner? No. Is it you, Paul? It is me, no. <laughs> Do you know who it is, Dave? I don't, is it what? So it could be anyone, but... Because the only annoying person I can really think of is Anthony Daniels, but he's at all of those events. That's all he's got left. Exactly. It's David, it's David Prowse. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, I like that. I like David Prowse. Uh, Dave, your question. Oh, yeah. The Jedi Council has how many members? Um, Twelve... It is 12, Dave. Well mm, yeah. done. Don't all councils have 12 people now? It's just one of those no. easy, like, jury members and disciples, or, you know. Fellowship of rings. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about that, that, that series on this show. Um, Steve, 
Yes. What are the last words spoken in Empire? Uh, uh, <laughs> is it something like... It's not something like, I want it exact. We'll, we'll contact you when we get to the rendezvous point. No, you bark at the wrong tree. Because the last, the last thing is, Lando and someone are flying off in the Falcon because they're going to track down mm-hmm. Han and Luke and Leia and the droids are like looking out from a, like a rebel ship over some space. That's that's all correct, but that's not what they, that's not what said. Do you want to guess, oh. Dave? Oh, I, I thought Steve was on it. I thought I had uh, the word rendezvous in it or something like, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we get there. No, I, I can't remember. May the force be with you. Oh, is you. it really? <laughs> one, of the, one of those obscure little lines yep. from the Star Wars series. <laughs> okay. Dave. Okay, thank you. Yeah. On Dagobah in the cave, what does Luke see behind the mask? It, himself? It is, is himself. That, yeah? Well All done. Right. Point, yep. Yeah. Oh, if my next question's not well easy, I'm really furious. (laughs) It is, actually. Well, I'm thinking of the listeners as well. I can't have them all, like, really. Uh, Steve, what animals attach themselves to the Millennium Falcon? Um, In in what? When they're in the the asteroid. Oh, uh, Minox. It is Minox. Well done. Dave. When he said gun ducks, that would have been embarrassing, wouldn't it? <sighs> this is a good one, this one. How many bounty hunters are on the Executor when the Rebels are hiding in the asteroid field? Six. It is six, Dave. Bloody hell, well done. Just, yeah. Can, can you name There's them? There's bonus points. There's bonus <laughs> points here for both of you. I will let you take it in turns to name them other than Boba Fett. Uh, boss. Dave? Boss for a point, Steve. Uh, Dengar. Yes, Steve. Point for you. IG eighty eight. Yes, Dave. Point for you. There's two left, isn't there now? Yep. Um, dog the. Do who? What? Dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave. Joe, I'll let you have one more guess. Uh, Alan. No, the last two are Zucus and Forlom. Oh, yeah, those guys. One of them's like a big bug, like a big fly. Uh, whose question is it? It's Dave's. Yeah. Who did Obi-Wan and Yoda give Leia to? Uh, um, Organa. Um, Bail Organa, is that his name? Played by Jimmy it Smith. Is, it is Bail Organa. Well done. Steve. What is the name of the planets the clones were made on? Uh, Camino. It is Camino. Well done. Right, I've got Catherine here totting up scores at the moment, so let me see where we are at the moment. Dave is on 12, and Steve is on 7. <gasps> okay, I've got your um, the questions that you've given each other here. So, uh, Dave. Yeah. What is the Cantina Band's actual name? Um, is it, it L- Lopteen Neck? Or was that the song? 
No. No, I can't remember the name of the band. Do you want to tell him, Steve? Uh, Ferg and Dan and the Modal Nodes. Oh, my God. Couldn't have been it for a year. I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> i tell you what, and it really annoys me that in, in, um, in Force Awakens, in Last Jedi, and in, in Solo, they had an opportunity to bring them back just in one of the bars or cantinas playing that sort, and they didn't. I thought just put them in Let's there, in there jamming it's away. So iconic, yeah. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Steve, bizarrely, the question that Dave set for you is also music-based. What's the name given to the genre of music played by the Max Rebus band in Jabba's Palace? Palace Funk. <laughs> No, it's jizz, uh, because apparently Max Rebo is a jizz whaler. And there's a sentence I never thought I'd be saying. <laughs> aren't, we all, aren't we all really? <laughs> and We've I, all done some jizz whaling. Oh, my God. Time. And when I Googled that, I had to be very careful on the links that I clicked on. Mm. Mate, after your, your search history, I think that's the least of your bloody worries. But, uh, guys, that is the uh, end, end of the quiz. And um, Dave... Thrashed him. A result. Thrashed him. I'm back. Can't we yeah, just do absolutely. more quiz? Like, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> and just not, not review the film. Just do some quiz. The uh, the tie break. If you wanted to go for it, was what's as of the 28th of May? What's the box office numbers? In what dollars? Dollars. It's not much, is it? I'm going to go 169. Nice. Was it 86 million? Worldwide is $168 million. <gasps> you were one out, Dave. One out, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's your Star Wars quiz now until what? What's the next film? Oh, God knows what. Um, <laughs> Chewbacca's an excellent adventure. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to get next? <laughs> Yoda's I day think... off. <laughs> Yoda's day off. <laughs> No. Weekend at weekend at Obi Wan. Weekend, no, weekend at Jabba's. I'd watch that. Well, the next the next solo film is going to be Weekend at Jabba's, isn't it? Well, it could well be the next the, the next one. I'm, it looks like it's scheduled is going to be um, Episode Nine, which is out December next year, and then the untitled Boba Fett film is also scheduled for 2020, and that's all they've scheduled so far. Um, okay. I know there's a lot more in the works, mm. but what's actually happening? Who knows? On to the film itself, then. So, Solo, a Star Wars story, was the second uh, movie um, that has been released under the Disney banner that is not part of the Skywalker saga. Um, it is a origin story of sorts of Han Solo, how he met Chewbacca, how he met. Uh, Lando, how he how he attained the Millennium Falcon, how he made the Kessel Run, etc., etc. As we said earlier, this review will contain spoilers. Um, first things first, what do we all think of it, Paul? Dave, Dave's good. Be- uh, well, I'm going to say I really, really enjoyed it. Um, should we? Should we? Or we need to? I know what we need to do. We need to talk about where we saw it and stuff as well. And uh, if there was, you know, people dressed up and what have you. So I. First showing I saw was at the English cinema in Vienna uh, in 3D and there was barely anyone in there. It was literally the first showing in in the country as far as I can make out. They are not big on Star Wars in Austria, I can tell you that. Was that the porn cinema? 
No, <laughs> well, that was very funny. But like, like three quick, because I, I wanted to go and see it again in two D, and I ended up like after a few clicks of looking at Austrian cinemas on the Viennese nudie cinema, which was hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, and then I saw it again uh, yesterday. I went over to Hastings and saw it in two D, but there was definitely no, just just nothing. It was just it was nearly empty. No, so, I mean, no. There, there there were midnight releases. I didn't go for this one uh, for a midnight showing. I just went a standard afternoon one, and there was no weirdos dressed up. It was sort of half full. Okay, Dave? I did the midnight screening, which makes me sound like a giant geek, but all it is is because I'm just terrified of spoilers. Because all you've got to do is go on Twitter the day after, and it, you've only got to type in the letter S, and it will come up with a, with a big spoiler. Went at midnight, no dressing up. There were a mere 15 other people in there all men i think as well wow that's it's pathetic good. and you've, you've that used, sounds like you've the moody cinema <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you've used the same cinema for all of these haven't you? that's right yes and i'm guessing that must be the lowest attendance by some margin. it's kind of like halved each time like fourth awakens absolutely heaving rogue one you know three quarters last jedi two thirds whatever and um, this new one, yeah, 15 people. I don't know if it's cause, because it's a weekday midnight screening I, or, or have people lost interest in the franchise. I don't know. I don't know, but that's, that's pretty – that is quite telling though, isn't it? From mm. Because you've used the same venue yeah. each time. Your, yours is a great barometer of, of, of the level of interest. Exactly. Um, but that aside, I'm going to have to say that I – do you know what? I really, really enjoyed it to the point where I went back to see it again. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It was, it was like a six, seven out of ten film. It's not – I liked Rogue One more, um, but I probably preferred it to The Last Jedi. Um, it, it, was, it was good. It was good fun without – you know, it was, it was fine. Um, the, the fears about it were allayed. Um, I said on set the tape – last night that I think people have to stop worrying now when directors change or there's problems in production and reshoots and everything because it's happened in a number of films now and the films have turned out to be okay. Um, there were there were problems with it, but generally it was good. Uh, I wasn't so keen. I thought the first two acts were really, really boring and it only got good in the last third. And I had the same feelings that I did about Rogue One. First two thirds, really, really boring. Final act, it kind of eventually gets there and becomes interesting and exciting and a bit more engaging. But again, I, I don't hate it because it's Star Wars. And like I say, I'm not a geek, but it is just that thing of taking you back to being young and it be the, the whole nostalgia of it. And certainly for, for, for want of a better phrase, a rush job. I thought they, Ron Howard did a, a decent job because it can't be easy to pretty much remake something from scratch within a what he only had like five months to do it i think mm. well i i you know i i didn't mind the 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 opening act um the introduction to to um han and and kira um and i, I thought amelia clark was was really good i disagree and... I, I don't think she can act oh really no yeah. i thought she did i think she she's did. terrible in this and terrible in game of thrones i'm not seeing her in anything else really I thought she was fine. And Alden, how do you pronounce his surname? Um, Aaron Aaron Reich. Aaron Reich. Yeah, yeah. I I thought he 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 
it took me literally just a few minutes to believe that he was a young mm. Han Solo. I thought he, he he managed to pull that off really well. And, and Donald Glover as, as Lando was nearly as he's good as Billy D. Williams. He's nearly yeah. as good as Billy D. Williams as Lando. He even did the voice. He, he, he yeah. managed to get the mannerisms, the voice. Yeah. It was, he is uh, an yeah, extremely no, talented he person, is though. He annoyingly talented. Is there anything that guy can't do? I mean, it's like it's, it's like you've, when you've got one of these mates like who are just amazing at every sport. So they're really good at football. They'll be in the cricket team in the summer. They can go and knock a really good round the golf round on the golf course as well. And you know, it's it's, it's like one of those. It's like, yeah, really? Can't you be well, rubbish at something? But I agree with you about Alden Ehring, right? Because like there was so much pressure, and those shoes are the pretty much the mm. biggest you could fill, and. We all had those concerns, but he, yeah, he did a, a, a very decent job, and certainly was very low down on, on any list of problems that I have with the film. And, and it's difficult yeah. as well because he's not playing the Han Solo we know from the original trilogy. He's playing a younger and perhaps more naive version of him mm-hmm. as well. So he's not playing exactly the same guy. It's not like he's. It's not like we're seeing a, a Star Wars film that's set a year before A New Hope. And he's playing essentially the same guy hmm. as Harrison. Oh Ford no! Is. Think he's... about how different you would have been, you know, twenty years ago, or whatever. And me, or me and Dave, I mean, completely different people. So, mm. um, but I, in, in terms of that sort of opening scene and, and the attempted is, escape, um, I thought it was good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. The, the, this is where the first sort of issue I had, and maybe you guys might be able to help me here. So when they they're trying to escape Corellia and they um, they're going to bribe that guard to get passage on a freighter yeah so when that kind of goes a little bit wrong he he goes through to what is effectively departures i guess but then doesn't even try to get onto a freighter and then suddenly finds a empire recruitment office which i don't care which galaxy you're in that isn't something you find in a departure lounge (laughs) it really didn't make sense I th- I think it's because you're you're it's the the planet is run by the Empire, um, mm. it, but it did seem strange that that bit was uh, now you mention it was after you went through the departure gate essentially <laughs> it would have been yeah. before that surely but anyway it's, it's a minor thing but yeah, I get what you mean now um, yeah but that bit leads on to how he got his surname what do we think of that that's coming for some criticism I didn't mind actually. Oh. I didn't mind at the time, but the more I think about it, the less I like it because it is so on the nose. You know, his name's Han. He's on his own. Let's call you Han Solo. But now it's canon. We can't ever do anything about it. No, but I, th- I, I didn't mind I like it. the way that like some of the people in the Empire weren't just outwardly outright, you know, dicks. Yeah, like he was having he was having a bit of a like obviously yeah. you picture the Empire perhaps quite rightly, because they are like a dictatorship run by some evil people. But you picture everyone in any kind of authority there, he's just a horrible bastard. And he was just sort of mm-hmm. quite, he was, he was having a bit of a laugh with him and wished him good luck. He was like, oh, hang on. Exactly. He put a, a sort of human face on the yeah. Empire, which I, I imagine in war times... Maybe it's not something we should encourage, but... Well, exactly, yeah. But before we even got to that bit, we missed the... In the opening couple of minutes, we had that that strange new way of presenting the text at the beginning. So we didn't get a crawl like we do in, no, in, no in, in the chapters, but we did, but we got um, some text. And then we had that... I, I really liked... What's her name? Madam Proxima. She yeah. sort of rose yeah. up to like a giant centipede. And I really liked that because, again, it took me back to sort of the, the, like the Jim Henson... 
like dark crystal mm. kind of puppetry. I thought that was a it was a really really good start. Also, I must say at this stage, the whole film. I don't know if, if it was projection, but I found the cinematography was really shoddy, and it was a very ugly-looking Star Wars film. It was so dark in Austria in 3D. That's why I, ha- I literally, I really had to go and see it again um, to to even see. Yeah. I mean, when when it was the scenes with um, Paul Bettany and later in the film, it was only on the second viewing that I actually saw the scars on his face. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't see it, and also, <laughs> that's that's how bad the three D. I, th- I think the whole was. the whole film was just because re- I thought it was initially my projection, but I've looked into it, and other viewers have had the same experience. Just rubbish, dimly lit cinematography, and I and I was amazed to learn it was from the same cinematographer as the guy that shot Arrival, which was a gorgeous looking film. I don't, I really don't know. Don't know. Could it, who know? It could be projection issues. I don't know, but it did definitely needed brightening up. So, so he gets off uh, Corellia. Uh, Corellia was actually drawn from the old expanded universe. Quite a few things are being drawn on from there. So it's mm-hmm. his home planet and like a renowned shipbuilding. Where he gets off of there, and he he tries to be uh, a pilot in the Imperial. Uh, I would see. I would have loved to have seen at least a little bit of that because that would have been hilarious. But mm. they just—it's literally one sentence, isn't it? Oh, I was kicked out of there. That's probably. And he's. That's probably where all the, the directors that got fired. That they probably shot a lot of like police academy style stuff of hand. You reckon? I don't know if it, I what don't is... know if we'll ever know what they shot. But you're right. It would have been good to see like Han. Yeah, because suddenly it says. It, doesn't it say three years? Three later, years. And then he's, yeah. yeah, and then he's on Mimban in the middle of a war, mm. um, and uh, where uh, we are. Go on. I was going to say because there's a, there's a, another one of these things that makes no sense coming up in a second when, well, when, uh, when he's introduced point, to Dryden Boss. Yeah, but at, th- at that point we're introduced to um, Tobias Beckett, the least Star Warsy sounding man in the in the galaxy. Oh, sorry, yes, Tobias Beckett, not Dryden Boss. Is that his yeah. name, yeah. Tobias Beckett? You're yeah. right, that, that's not a Star Wars name, that's a, a posh no. bloke name. I mean, Luke, Luke, Luke Skywalker's borderline not very spacey. Like, Skywalker yeah, is, yeah. But, but Luke is like the most normal name until you get Tobias Beck, Toby Beckett. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he's a columnist yeah. in the Independent with a yeah. name like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you meet you meet him and his his crew, who are which I actually quite like. They kind of infiltrated the 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 Imperial ranks to pull a con. Okay. What was the con? Why were they there? They were trying to steal that ship that they took off in. Oh, was that what they were doing? Because I did yeah. I was uh, okay. I didn't. I didn't realise that. Because if really you remember, they needed. So how did they get there in the first place then? To steal they, they must have. They must have just because they were all in imperial clothing. I mean, he was pretending yeah. to be an officer, wasn't he? So I, I imagine. So they came in one ship to then leave and steal on well, another. Well, no, because if you if you if you remember or if you think that the ship that they stole was the ship mm. that they took to that planet where they were trying to yeah. steal the thing off the train thing. Okay. So they needed that type of ship to steal the train thing garage. But I did like a couple of those scenes when it cut forward three years because it, it was very reminiscent of like World War One movies because it was mm. like they were like in the trenches, weren't they? And the, yeah. And there was one shot that was really reminiscent of Paths of Glory. I don't know if either of you two have ever seen that. But I, I like I like they're, they're the kind of things that I like looking out for in these uh, Star Wars films. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we we got where he he met Chewie uh, and saved him from um, slavery. And that's the life debt. 
Yes. That's it. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. That was good. It was it was nicely handled. Lots of cool, a big callback to Return of the Jedi, where he ends up in like a cell and Chewbacca's in there. Um, when he's when he's blind. When he's blind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rather than trying to hit him in that one, he gives him a big cuddle. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> I like Chewbacca in this because you got to learn a little bit more about him. There was actually some Chewbacca character development. Mm, it, was, and it, it wasn't a lot, but there was something. First, first seeing, first viewing of his wife since the holiday specials. <laughs> no mention of Wookiee Life Day, but we did see some of his family. So, but yeah, so we obviously saw how he he freed him. I liked it that he could speak sort of basic Wookiee. Yeah, which we it, that we, did sound awful though. Every time he spoke Wookiee, it was like it, that was a bit cringy, it's a bit embarrassing. I'm glad they didn't stretch it out for too long. No. Yeah. Um, and then, then they're off, aren't they? Then, then it's off to do the uh, the heist the correct, because the gr- effectively this is a heist film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a this it's like a sort of. Star I mean, Wars. Star Wars has always had its roots in westerns, but this one really felt like a western because, mm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. you had like the, yeah the train robbery and other things that happen later towards the end, which I'll get onto in a minute. But yeah, it was it was this was a decent set piece. Yeah, it was quite cool to watch, and you know Han and Chewie proving themselves to their new um, new crew, although it doesn't all go according to plan, obviously. When Woody Harrison's wife sacrifices herself. Yeah, and um, the little alien guy. The guy. Yeah, the guy in the spaceship. But a lot of that stuff didn't make any... Not not didn't make sense. It just... It was very... When um, uh, when Thandi Newton, who plays Val, when, when she kills herself, that, that seems a bit kind of sudden exactly. and what she was doing yeah. a lot of the stuff they were doing on that heist and the fact that it was e- there was even a train there because in this universe you don't need to move I stuff know. by I'm, train even on the trailer the I thought thing, why do they need a fucking <laughs> train train <laughs> so that whole thing although the the idea of, of the heist I'm going to keep going back to this that, that the overall sort of story was a was was good but some of the execution and the way they went about it and how they got from A to B and some of the things they did in that story were really poorly mm. thought out. But yeah, as you said, Dave, there was there was no need for a train. I certainly didn't. Sandy Newton yeah. going the way she did seemed ridiculous. Just, she hadn't been around long enough for us to really care about. And same as like the little monkey chap. It was just yeah. that they introduced them. They get their scene. Well, he was there just, it, it, he had to go so Han could pilot. Right, yeah. yes. And he also had to be there to sell an extra toy as well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, that goes tits. What, what's the, what are the outlaws called? They've got a silly name, haven't they? Um, Crimson Dawn. No, the, the, the outlaws, the, the people who turn up and thwart them. Um, the, oh, I can't. What, the ones that. Get, yeah, yeah, the big, yeah uh, I can't remember what they were called. Yeah, well, I've seen it twice and I can't remember what they were called. It was, it, it didn't roll off the tongue, did it? Mm. No, it wasn't very catchy. Um, anyway, yes. But they, when that when that robbery fails, there's a there's a thing that happens that en, um, Enfist Nest. That's it. Yeah. Incest Nest. Yeah, again, yeah. what a stupid name. What? Say it again, Steve. Enfis. En, 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 Enfist Nest. Infest Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. not not great, no. is it? But there's a there's a the, there's a little speech that happens when that all goes tits up. When Woody Woody Harrelson um, says and, and mentions for the first time uh, uh, Dryden 
Voss and says that um, you don't want to come on his radar because if you double cross him in any way, you know, they'll hunt you, they'll send out a team to hunt you across the galaxy and all this kind of stuff. And then, as we'll get to later in the film, something happens that completely <laughs> negates all of that. Because you've got the benefit of seeing it twice now, haven't you? So you've probably picked up on those little things that are revealed later on. Well, yeah, because later on in the film, he 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 he, he, he shoots two of his blokes and steals yeah, from him. Yeah. So, <laughs> but at the beginning of the film, he won't even disappoint him. Even disappointing him is going to get you killed. But shooting his guards and stealing from him <laughs> an hour later is absolutely fine. <laughs> Okay, but it's little things like that, though, that surely if you're spending $150 million on a film, the script supervisor would be saying, yeah, can we just just, just want to check this? <laughs> anyway. So where, where do we head to next? Do we, is this where we... Well, it's uh, where we meet Dryden Voss, Dryden isn't it? Once, Voss. once the failure of the heist happens, um, we meet Dryden Voss and we, we are reintroduced to Kira who has got off of Corellia um, and we don't really know what her involvement is with Dryden Voss at this point. Don't know if if he's just, if she's just a bit of arm candy, but it becomes clear that she's like something seedy though, isn't it? It's hinted at that, that she's she's basically, but she's also quite high up. She's also quite well respected and in charge of some things, but he's also sleezing her right up. This is the main reshoot, isn't it? Because, Dryden Voss originally was uh, was a CGI character. Oh, is that right? Well, also that makes sense because Paul Bettany is a Ron Howard regular, isn't he? He's been in what he was, five he, of his the films. Guy, the, car, the guy cast couldn't do the reshoots, so all of the, the Paul Bettany stuff was added in. Okay, he's, and he's a great actor. I've always been a big fan oh, of Paul Bettany. Like, really good. So, I mean, the the, the 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 thing that carried this film for me, I was going to get to this later, is is the cast for me. I thought they were all really, really good. Uh, I, I, I love seeing Paul Bettany. He's he's a brilliant villain. Yeah, I'd but agree. I, I, I wish I'd that they had more the time. For the most part. Hmm? I'd agree about the cast for the most part, other than Amelia Clark, who I mentioned earlier. But yeah, other than mm-hmm. that, they're all good. So they. They're, they're sort of given a, a, a lifeline, if you like, to go out and um, bring back whatever the, the, the... What's the MacGuffin? What's that stuff called? Coaxium. Coaxium, there we go. Spaceship fuel. Spaceship fuel. And they come up with this really convoluted plan to go and steal it from a, from the from below the spice mines of Kessel, which mm. I was waiting for. We all knew that that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Uh, they need to go and get a ship, and as soon as they said that, we knew that we were going to be meeting Lando. Sure. Mm. But then they did do uh, a bit of a... They pulled the rug out a little bit, didn't they? Because we assumed he was going to win the Falcon there and then straight away. Yeah. So that they didn't... They they What's the word? They, um, they changed the expectations a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. will say, in again, all that money stuff, that, that Sabacc game... It, did you ever feel that there was anything at stake? Because it did. Do, do you know what yeah, I mean? Because I obviously mean. we don't know how to place the back, but they, they, nor do they. It isn't an actual thing, surely, yeah. because it made no sense. There wasn't any tension yeah. there. Do you know all I thought of when that came on? What? You know that early Only Fools and Horses episode where uh, Del Boy and Boise are playing themselves, playing each other at cards, and they're cheating each other. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought about that. I thought this is pretty much the same thing. Cards <laughs> up their sleeves, cheating. I would have much preferred them to have actually just played poker or something, or, or you know, a, a, a slight variation yeah. where at least the audience can engage with what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like I don't Haven't know. Haven't they done that in Casino Royale and stuff? Exactly. I don't have to play Baccarat, but in so many Bond films, you just you kind of know what the stakes are, and you can kind of get engaged a little bit more without knowing what the rules yeah. are. But or, or just having funny symbols on some pieces yeah. of cardboard and going, ah, you needed the you needed the squiggly yeah. bongo or or, or the or Hans dice. I know that's become a MacGuffin as well. Yep. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, we picked... what I've got in my notes is it just says Sabak is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but then I suppose if they just put in a card game that we understood, like just called it Space Poker, everyone would be going, "Well, it's just poker. That's not very Star Wars." I guess. Yeah. You can't. You can't win either way with you these can't things. Win, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or if they had, or they had a scene where like it was just explaining the rules of Sabak and what cards were and everything then people were like, oh, that's dragging yeah, this yeah. out a bit isn't it we don't need to know all this so it's one yeah. of them ones we we know that we've known that sabak is a card game in star wars for ages um and they just had to roll with it really i'd never heard of it because it's not in a film but presumably not i don't think so presumably it's only in no, it's in comics I and definitely it's, it's definitely it's definitely in the in the other books it's definitely mm. in canon before this film i'm sure it is because i was because I, I was i already knew that that name and that word yeah um so yeah we pick up lando and his um his droid oh god um, right let's let's get to the Jesus. droid because i'm guessing this is because i saw a tweet dave <laughs> it's listing the third most annoying character in star wars history and i straight away i thought i know exactly who that is it was the am yeah. i right the fucking social justice droid the 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 right. patronising portrayal of a feminist robot, mm. yeah, yeah, third worst. That that walked like it had a big ass. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of the some of the some of the lines hit, and I liked, but most of them, I thought, oh god. Every line in the cinema when I saw that fell flat. It, it was, was just... it, it was it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, the third. I, I genuinely believe the third worst Star Wars character ever. Jar Jar Binks Behind... being. Num- Binks being number one, and then you know, remember um, um, Dexter Jetster, who, who ran yeah. <laughs> the, the big guy that ran the fifties diner. Yeah. Can can we just touch upon because the the, the actress Phoebe Waller Bridge? Have either of you seen Fleabag? Because I think this, if you have seen Fleabag, your perception of that character will be, I suspect, slightly different. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen it. No. I think all the episodes are on iPlayer at the moment. It is absolutely fantastic because she's a proper ballsy, um, independent woman in that, and she's very, very funny. I don't doubt it. Right. I've heard only good things about Fleabag. Yeah, but I... and I, but I could hear Fleabag that, and that kind of threw me a little bit, and I. Okay, and I could see why people got angry about her robots character, but it, it didn't annoy me mm. for, for for that reason because I because I really like her. I just found it very weird that they went with that angle because I know there's been this, this backlash with the Last Jedi and even with yeah. the Force Awakens a couple of years ago about 
about the whole Mary Sue issue and how there is this sort of social justice agenda, which I never really bought into all that. I just thought it was daft old men complaining that things were different than they were 35 years ago. But this was like a parody of a feminist, yeah. like the, the kind of person... Well, that's what I, th- I, I actually... Yeah, I, at one point I thought, have they, are they actually making fun of these I people? I tell. By, doing, by going so over the top with it... Because there was that there the was that line when out Lando it. says, "Can I get you anything?" and and she goes, "Yeah, how about equal rights?" And the min- and they're in the middle of a fucking battle sequence when that's happening. It's just it was there was, there was so awkward. It, there was sexual it, tension it, as well, which is weird. If they wanted to play it straight, there's there's so many other ways they could have had her starting like a droid rebellion on Kessel. E- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is that robot. What, what was her name? L. L337. Yeah. She's now part of the Falcon as well because she uploaded her personality and her memory into mm-hmm. the Falcon. So she's now forever part of that. And, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to become one of those guys, but that has. Yeah, Dave, you'll get yourself on trouble. I probably will, won't it? Yeah, I'll probably stay quiet then. It's <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> um, did anyone notice in this bit as well, Lando, um, when he came out to act as um, Kira's guard oh. when they were pretending solo uh, when Han mm-hmm. and Chewie were actual prisoners they were transferring same outfit same uh, same thing he was wearing when he was a prison guard at Jabba's palace yeah I saw yep. that nice little touch little easter egg there's quite a few little easter eggs always is though isn't there but they, yeah. were, they were yeah they always are um, but I, f- I found these ones less forced than yeah. the uh, the ones in Rogue One yeah these were more like just like blink and you'll miss them and if you get it that's fine rather than say for example in Rogue One we had the guy who said uh, he doesn't like you I don't like you either what's that character called Steve? Um, Dr. Cornelius something I think but it's Dr. Ezvan and Ponda Baba that's it and he was in yeah. it yeah and I just thought that was, that bit was a bit forced but mm. yeah none, none of that in in Solo no um, so yeah we have the heist they steal the coaxium um, L3 is blown up to part uh, to pieces. Uh, Lando cops a, a laser, um, and we head back to the Falcon to do the Kessel Run. Mm. I again, I I this was the bit that I'd probably like least. It was the thing. The thing was, and I'm going to relate this to Jurassic park a little bit and you'll see why so in jurassic park when the original jurassic park was released as far as science knew then dinosaurs didn't have feathers and then mm-hmm. now we kind of know that dinosaurs had feathers but you can't retcon jurassic park but then all kinds of sciencey people go now oh well dinosaurs should have had feathers so jurassic world looks rubbish looks stupid doesn't look right and it's like yeah but you, then how can you do that you know, plus dinosaurs would look less intimidating if they had yeah. feathers. Let's yes. be honest. Yeah. So in in a, a New Hope, you get a throw a throwaway line um, about um, doing the Kessel running under twelve parsecs or twelve parsecs, and mm-hmm. George Lucas has probably not even thought about this and has just thought parsecs. It sounds like a, a spacey kind of term for time. <laughs> yeah. You know, who, why would you just see parsec? Right, that'll do. And then it turns out that parsec is a measure of distance. And then if you're going to put the Kessel run in a film, you've got to explain how he's done it in less distance rather than less time. I mean, I suppose you could have just gone, no, no, in Star Wars, it's time. A parsec is time. 
like different words have multiple meanings. Sure. Star Wars, a parsec sure. is time. Yeah. And a and a and a, and a par uh, a par meter is distance. Get over it. But they didn't. They tried to explain it, and they took a shortcut. Which that, that, really that's a, the real way of doing. That's it. exactly what it is. It's a shortcut. And and you're right. It it was pretty difficult to see what was going on during this sequence because it was very yeah. fast paced. And again, there were no stakes because we know the outcome. We know he does it. That's that's the that's the problem with this this film is you know there's not really any stakes because you know ultimately the Han, Chewie, Lando, and the Falcon survive. Yeah. And everybody else you don't overly care that much about. I liked Beckett as a character. I yeah. thought he was quite good. Yeah. I would have quite liked to have seen him stick around for another film. As he got killed off, I don't really care that much. Plus, hand shot first. Yeah, yes. it was that. Yeah. <laughs> that was totally to do with that. Mm. Um, that was but, massive, but you know, but you know massive. What I mean? it's, you, you, you know the main characters are getting it. In, in Rogue One, it was completely different because Rogue One was straight into A New Hope. And so then they then you have so they'd have to explain where all these characters are in a new oh no we'll just kill them all yeah which was quite brave because there were some quite good characters I thought in Rogue One they just got rid of all of them well they killed most of the ones off in this as well which I actually didn't mind because it's that having people be expendable because in 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 the original ones it's people. You know, for all the war and fighting and stuff, there wasn't a huge number of people being killed. So no. I thought this no, was it was good just to, to see off quite a lot of characters. In the originals, it was just your your Star Wars equivalent of red shirts, just background mm. guys and stormtroopers that get killed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we we get out of the, the Kessel Run and we go to this planet where they refine the the, the stuff, the space the space petrol, the space um, petrol. Yep. Yeah, and um, then Effen's nests turn back up again, don't they? And there's all kinds of double-crossing with Dryden Boss and Beckett and everything going on, um, double and triple-crossing and all that kind of thing. I thought it was a bit weird that that kind of Emphis nest suddenly turned out to be like a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> it, was like <laughs> like... She, it was like when she took the helmet off, it was like, you're meant to know who she is. That's what yeah, I, I've like, got that feeling, like it's a, a big reveal. So I ain't got a clue who that is. I didn't, I didn't have a clue she was. But they are. They do seem to be building this thing, or putting hints in this one of this wider rebellion growing, which I suppose it's set apparently about ten years before A New Hope and Rogue One. So the rebellion is starting to grow and form, and people are starting to fight back against the Empire. Um, so, and I noticed that the in that uh, on that on that planet with the Emphasis, when they all remove their masks. Warwick, Warwick Davis not signing on for another week. <laughs> playing, playing the same character he played in, in a Phantom Menace, apparently. Oh, do you think it's the same character that was at what? Apparently, no, apparently what, it is. Is it really? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weasel. Also, oh, there. So there are. Well, we'll get onto it in a minute. But there are more than one Phantom Menace callbacks in this film. Then. Yes. Right. Well, t- to be fair, because we did. Do you remember one of the quizzes I asked about how much Warwick Davis got paid originally? <laughs> mm. Wasn't it like twenty-five quid? Well, he was just a child, though, wasn't he, when he paid? I know, anyone? but at the end of the day, I, 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 do you know what? I think it's actually pretty fair and decent of them to have finally given him some actual Star Wars money from Star Wars themselves rather than having to sign right. signatures and go, do, do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. Because 25 quid was a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Although, mind you, he probably got paid better for Willow, which was, of course, also directed by... Gorgeous George. Ron, No, Ron Howard. Oh, was it? Yeah. Of course it yeah, was, he, yeah, he yeah. Did Willow. 
Bloody hell, he's been around a long time, isn't he, Ron Howard? Well, since American Graffiti, which is, again, I mean, there's so many connections between Ron, Ron Howard and um, and George Lucas and therefore Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. So um, Warwick Davis turns up, and then... So those guys, they became... They are the rebellion. They are the start of the the whole thing. They did yeah. turn them around pretty quickly, though, didn't they? For people that they've been, like, having a proper tear-up with... Yeah. Suddenly they were all best Some mates. Good guys, yeah. It did that was a there was a that was a big shift in attitude mm-hmm. and and kind of outlook for these criminals and you know outlaws who were out stealing. Suddenly, as you know, a, a girl turns up and goes, "Oh, hello, we're really good people," and then they go, oh, "Okay, then." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit. I suppose, I suppose what it because they made a thing thing of it as well with Han. Um, I think Kira called him a good guy. And I think it was trying to sow the seeds that he is deep down a good guy. He's not just a scoundrel. He is essentially a good guy. He will do right for the right people in the end, as we see in A New Hope, yeah. where he starts out as a smuggler who's just burying these people around for a payday, pisses off at the first sign of real trouble, and then comes back to save the day because he's a good guy. Yeah. So where, where are we next? We're back to, um, this is where all the, the switcheroo stuff happens, isn't it? Yeah, the, the Ocean's Eleven part of the film. Yeah, there's the switching of different things, and yeah, I mean, exactly. Dryden Foster's Dryden Foster's a character I thought was quite good, and then they killed him off as well. <laughs> in this next bit, um, <laughs> it's quite interesting. I didn't. I thought they were going to call the um, the crime syndicate or something Black Sun, which is what the big one is from the expanded universe, and everything is called Black Sun. It's like those galaxy wide crime syndicate that rivals the Huts and everything, but no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, yeah. Did you get a feel up to this point and when it was building to all this? Did you get the feeling throughout that Amelia Clark's character was a wrong one? No, I, yeah. I did. I hadn't considered it, but when it did happen, it, it didn't come as a huge surprise okay. because you do it just the way they kept glancing at that tattoo and stuff, and the way that they talked about indoctrination into Crimson Sun, whatever it is, and and and, and I just mm. thought, yeah, she's she's going to turn out to be a wrong one. Well, she's she's she knows the consequences of, of going against Crimson Sun, and who we find out shortly to be its kind of over overlord, so to speak. And she knows what will happen to her if she does disobey what she's meant to be doing. Um, so she can't really. It's not that she wants to; it's that she has to. Mm. Well, and shall we say it then? Yeah, say it. Pops up at the end. Yes, little, Darth little, Maul. little cameo from Darth Maul, which was it the same guy? Because he's no, it was. Uh, I yeah. think it was Ray. No, it was Ray Park playing yeah. different, different voice guy. Sarah, ah, they, they will never get Serafinovich back. He because like he's gone. He's like slagged it the whole Phantom Menace experience off for the last twenty years. Yeah. So I, I ah. doubt whether we'll get him again. Because it didn't. He didn't sound right. No, no. And yeah. I just there was something. Yeah, it slightly, it slightly threw me. But apparently, it's mm. the same guy that voices him in the in the animated series. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's obviously people who haven't seen any of the animated series think, Darth Maul, hang on, he got chopped in half. He did. Um, but because he's, he's really evil and also a really popular character, they brought him back to first Clone Wars and then Rebels, in which he was quite mm. a central villain in both of those. Um, and it worked quite well. Like You think it's ridiculous he got chopped in half, why bring him back? But the, his character arc in both in Clone Wars and in Rebels works really, I don't know if you've reviewed seen them, but it does work really well. I knew that he was in those that Rebel series, but even mm. so, when he popped up at the end, and again, 
to, to, to no applause or, or reaction in the audience whatsoever. I know there's only about 15 of us there, but you would have thought a big reveal like that would have had a, a bit of a sharp intake of breath of, of, it you know, of surprise. I, it got a reaction when I in the cinema. Oh, well, that, well, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's um, did either of you know that was going to happen? Not at all. No. no. I, had, I had someone had spoiled it for me that a major prequel character returns um, in this, but because of um, seeing Rebels even though I know that Rebel, uh, like, in knowing roughly in the timeline when he's, uh, actually Rebels have been out now and if you're not going to, if you haven't seen it now, you probably won't. So in, in Rebels, he's killed by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Basically, in, in Rebels, when he comes into it, he tries turning Ed, Ezra Bridger to the dark side. He's also looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi to take his revenge on him for cutting off his legs. Um, and he finds him on Tatooine um, and, and they have a short lightsaber battle and Obi-Wan kills him. Um, and the end of that episode, you kind of see like a 13, 14 year old Luke Skywalker. In the oh, distance. okay. Um, so that, so that implies that that's about five or so years, four or five years down the line from this. Um, cause Luke's obviously 18 in a new hope. So, and this is set 10 years before a new hope ish. Um, so, so I thought, cause knowing that he's, he's been killed in rebels, mm. I thought when someone said a prequel character returns, I thought, well, it won't be him. Then I was starting to think, well, who on earth would it be? Like yeah. a major prequel yeah, character. It's not going to be someone who's just... Do- I just thought it was going to be Jimmy, Jimmy Schmidt again. Yeah, right. Yeah, because you're right. What, so he's already been chopped in half. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, yeah. it took me... Barbara, you didn't see him stood up, did you? No, he was sat no. down. Was he like on wheels? No, he's got, he's got like robot legs. Like, robot, oh. yeah, he's got robot so, legs. So, Paul, were you, were you therefore confused about the timeline? Because I could not quite work out what was going on. It took me an hour chatting to my mates <laughs> to work out where that yeah, sat. I, did, I, I didn't get the timeline until after the film where I read online somewhere. Someone said, well, in the Star Wars film, the original films, apparently someone says that Chewbacca's 200. And in this one, Han says he's 190. So it must be about 10 years before. Okay. But then the thing is, though, which it, it's all very well and good, but now ha- physically Darth Maul falls down that pit and what? He just pulls himself onto a spaceship. I mean, how does he d- get away without any legs? Well, let me let me find out the official answer oh. in canon for okay. you. As I've got nothing. Yes, please, uh, Steve, because um, you are in charge of Star Wars canon. Because um, obviously the canon has changed, but um, it's all to do with being very evil and dark side stuff. I mean, the Force is pretty impressive, really, isn't it? I, I suppose. Uh, and you're not impressed by the Force. It's all right. I'm not, Steve. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and use the Force to remove your gallstones. <laughs> If you could. Hang on. <laughs> That'd be bloody handy, wouldn't it? Just um, whip them out. So in canon, because on on Star Wars' kind of Wikipedia database, which is brilliant, brilliantly called Wikipedia, um, they now have a Legends side of it, which is all the old expanded universe, and a uh, canon side, which is everything that Disney has kept. So where is he getting chopped in half? So, um, Maul attempted to make the young Jedi. Kenobi managed to calm himself, use the force to jump back up and summon the night. Um, he jumps, sorry, he jumps back up. No, 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 this no, is no. me reading, trying oh, to find oh, the right play. Oh, sorry. Uh, through, through his hate and will to survive, okay. Maul used the force to grab an air vent. This is his top half of his body. Okay. Uh, as he was tumbling down that reactor shaft, he managed to make it to a trash container. His shattered body was dumped in the junkyard world of whatever that is he lives in the bowels of a planet and 
had his legs replaced by six-legged apparatus, which allowed him to walk again. Um, so basically, he so he said now it's like a kind of a most of a spider. Yeah, like his his hatred managed to make him kind of heal himself in a twisted way and stop him dying. And uh, then he got some robot legs. That's interesting, because wasn't there a theory for a while that General Grievous from Revenge of the Sith was actually was going to be Darth Maul reincarnated? And he was a kind of like a spider thing, wasn't he? He had like these giant robot yeah, legs. Yeah, I think but... you're right there, yeah. Okay, all right, well, that kind of makes... So he gets off... So he dies... He has his legs cut off on Naboo... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then he sort of ends up on a, like in this trash junk thing, planet. Pass, passing out, taken to a junk planet by the the thing, and somebody there gives him some legs, and oh, then he goes on to be quite a nasty man still. Right. I think in Clone Wars, the Emperor still uses him for things, and then he sort of fights against the Emperor and um, etc. Um but, I mean, his character arc when he comes back into Clone Wars and into Rebels is really good, and you don't really mind the, the bit of silliness in him surviving. And hopefully that'll be the same in, in this. We'll have to wait and see, yeah. Cause, like, I, basically, I, basically, basically, what a few people have suggested online, and I kind of agree with, is the guy who has, has overseen sort of Rebels and some of the TV shows, Dave Filoni, should be given basically the Kevin Feig role from the MCU in this, of the Star Wars universe, just be sort of overseeing all films. Like a, he did like a showrunner, but yeah, yeah, because he did such a good job okay. on, on Rebels, which I still think was brilliant. Because there is talk about Kathleen Kennedy possibly not doing some more because she's been the reaction has been so negative. Mm. Yeah, I mean, have you have you seen that? I mean, there was that whole boycott solo thing, um, and there, there's been, I mean, a lot. Of, of of backlash I've seen, um, especially about all the kind of the feminism stuff with the with the robot. Mm. Um, I I I, I, don't want to be, I, I can, like you said, I can kind of see where they're coming from for some of it, but a lot of it has just been ridiculous. At the end of the day, it's just a space adventure. Film. Well, exactly, I mean, and it and it isn't aimed at old men like us three. Really, no. I mean, there always will be to a degree because we were the initial. We were, you know, kids. I know you're a bit younger than us, Steve. A lot younger than us, but we were kids when it came out. But there's a whole new generation, two generations, really, mm. on that it's going to be aimed for. So, I, but I don't know because it was such a. Oh, but how, so how did Solo actually end? So we see Darth Maul, and then they just what fly? He hangs his dice up, and then the credits come up. Well, they they because earlier on in the in the film, oh, then he... before that, Beckett Beckett says about um, uh, a big time gangster putting a job together on Tatooine. Oh, of course. Yeah. So yes. at the end, we know it's Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the, end, at the end of this, he says to Chewie, basically, let's go to Tatooine. Yeah, his big job. Yeah. And they met, and they they allude. Um, multiple times he says about um, you know you don't know, you don't you wouldn't know you you don't want to be living with a price on your head no and then he mentions the Tatooine job and, yeah. and, and so those two things are the next film surely will be a him going to Tatooine b why it go not that it goes tits it, it will go tits because Solo doesn't follow through because he's being a good guy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on on whatever the job it might be, and then he's got a price on his head. Yeah. Um, so so that yeah brings to this. So what what we mentioned callbacks earlier. What callbacks did we see to um, other things in Star Wars? 
we've mentioned the dice. We obviously know Darth Maul. We've mentioned Lando's outfit. Um, I saw there? there's one of the you mentioned it earlier in the quiz, Steve. What's the thing that lives inside the stomach of the giant worm that lives in the asteroid? What are those things called? Um, my not. Yeah, there's one of them in Paul Bettany's office in a jar. Ah. Which I, I didn't see on the screen, but I saw, I've since seen a, uh, a still of it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, Bosk is mentioned, one of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back, when um, when they take on, when Beckett's crew take on Han and Chewie, and his, and his wife says, couldn't we have got the something sisters or Bosk? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. Mm. Who else? So, 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 Dave, you didn't, you kind of... It- didn't mind it? It's the same thing as Rogue One. It's I just found it very underwhelming, particularly the first two acts, and then it found its feet in the third act, and it became a lot more enjoyable and engaging and fun. But I will say, actually, it, it despite all that, it zipped along pretty nicely because it's it's a what a two hour ten minute movie, two and a quarter, two and a quarter hours, yeah. yeah, and it it didn't did not seem that at all. It felt like a sort of ninety minute which is always a good sign. But I, as always, I definitely want to see it again. I, I'm just amazed at how ugly the whole thing looked, considering what a, you know, what a beautiful universe the, the, the Star Wars galaxy is mm. and the things that they can do with it. Yeah, definitely Don't... definitely needs a rewatch. Despite all all the faults I, I've pulled up, as I said earlier, that kind of the actual the, the overarching kind of story, I just thought was was really good. Some of the execution and the minutiae was was poorly handled, but I think this is probably my you're going to hate me for this. This is probably my favourite outside of the original trilogy. That is surprising. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't wait to see it again. I, I, I the second time round, I enjoyed it. Probably more, but it did highlight the, the the flaws, and perhaps some of those were to do with chopping and changing. But mm. yeah, it just seemed there was some very lazy storytelling. Do you think maybe they should have waited till the December to release this? Yes. So definitely. given them a bit more shooting time, then time to edit it, post production, and all that, and maybe made it's a... still it's still quite close to Infinity War as well. There is that, and Deadpool's just come out. Yeah. And, you know, with the cinema being so expensive, it's sometimes hard to cram in all these films in such a short space of time. As a, as a, I know people can have the unlimited cards or whatever now, but, you know, it's a lot of... If you don't have those, there's a lot of films to cram into a short space of time when if you don't go on, like, a Meerkat Movies Tuesday or something, it's a, it can be a tenner a go per person. Well, it was, it was, it was ten, 10 quid for 2D in Hastings and mm. 13 euros for 3D in Vienna. Yeah. So, Steve, I mean, is it fair enough to compare? Because we've now had four Star Wars films in two and a half years since since December 2015. We've had Force Awakens, then Rogue One, then yeah. Last Jedi, and now we've got Solo. Two and a half years, four films, which is a lot, really, because because there was a three year gap between Star Wars and Empire back yeah. in, back in, back in the day. So, okay to compare it to say the Marvel films. Now, I've I've not seen many of them but when did they start to sort of get good were they were they good straight away because i understand that well, like... the, well hulk hulk got the incredible hulk whichever one it was with edward norton was the first mcu film i think yes that was terrible yeah after that i from... really like that i don't know why people keep saying it's terrible I... after that from um iron man they 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 
they started being good from Iron even Man. The, and... Even like, because I heard really shitty things about Thor and Iron Man 2. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, some of them aren't great, but yeah. sort of there's more good than bad. But it's but so what I mean is it's not it's it's too early to completely write off for anyone to write off these new Star Wars films. Yeah, especially when really none of them have been terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, none of them. Have been it's, it's, I think they. I'm looking forward to seeing the the some of the um the the, the TV stuff. Yeah, uh, so you got to remember yeah. the MCU has a lot of um not kind of not lower quality but a lot, a lot of tv stuff a lot of yeah kind of and then you kind of it, it, it's almost like a pyramid you've got your, your third tier your second tier and your top tier mm. well the, star wars doesn't really have that yet they're trying to they're trying to pitch everything yeah. at the top tier when, when when things kind of shuffle into place down the line maybe we'll, we'll have a, a clearer picture I think yeah I, yeah i think you're absolutely right and the, yeah, anything that's been any issues or anything unresolved might get answered in later mm. films. But it'll be really good. A lot of it could be answered in TV, couldn't it? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Join up the dots, fill in some holes, plug some gaps here and there. It, it's and compared and compared to the MCU, Star Wars is a much bigger sandbox to play in. Mm. Oh, it's huge! I read the other day there oh. are there are apparently I think eighty nine million inhabited systems. In, in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> so you can never run out of stories and ideas. You can just keep making no. things up. And it would be... It... Archaeologists will be listening to this podcast <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're watch- when they're on episode 489. <laughs> and, an- anyway. and Anthony Daniels is still in them. Because <laughs> yeah. he was in this. Did you know that? He's in, he was in this. He's in Solo. I don't know how he... He must have photos of, um, of Kathleen Kennedy. Keeps mm. <laughs> bribing um, but yeah, anyway, um, that is it for, for this solo Star Wars story special. We'll see you in 18 months for um, episode nine, yet to be titled. Um, but the final film in that Skywalker saga nine film series. Um, but thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with contributions from different guests every week with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit remixed by James Yule who you can find at jamesyule.com You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics on iTunes and all good podcast apps or you can check us out at failedcritics.com If you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review and why not check out our sister podcasts Character Unlock and Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights from the failed media network of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.